Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Carl Perkins, and today we're studying Tractate Megillah, Daf 16, page 16. This is a very interesting page that continues presenting us with more and more Midrash. Midrash is a rabbinic explication of biblical text. In this case, the focus naturally is on the Book of Esther, which is the major subject of the Tractate of Megillah. And on this particular page are all sorts of clever solutions to textual puzzles. Let me share two of them that are related. In chapter 6 of the Book of Esther, which is the turning point of the entire Book of Esther, the king, King Ahasuerus, is sleepless. In order to help him fall asleep, he asks his servants to read him from uh, the chronicles of his kingdom. And in doing so, he discovers that Mordechai the Jew had revealed a plot against the king's life, but he doesn't recall whether or not he had ever been acknowledged for this. So he asks his servants, Ma na'asa yekar ugedula le Mordechai alzeh? What honor or advancement has been conferred on Mordechai for this? They respond simply, Nothing has been done for him. Lo na'asa imo dava. Now, that makes a certain amount of sense, but the rabbis pick up on something puzzling about this response of the king's servants. After all, since the king asked what honor or advancement has been conferred on Mordechai for this, you might expect them to have said, well, nothing fitting, nothing of honor or advancement has been done for him. Or you might even expect them to match the king's words and to show proper respect for Mordechai by saying nothing of value or greatness was done for Mordechai. The simplicity, the spareness of their language suggests to the rabbis a tone of disparagement. And the Talmudic text picks up on this. This prompts Rava, one of the Talmudic Amoraim, to say it's not because the king's servants loved Mordechai that they told Ahasuerus that Mordechai hadn't been honored, but rather because they hated Haman. Now, I highlight this example because it exemplifies a challenge that Jews have faced in various diaspora communities in which they have been powerless. In order to address the community's needs, it was often necessary for Jewish leaders to negotiate with Gentile leaders. The suggestion of this text, the biblical text, that is, as the Talmud is reading it, is that sometimes this cooperation, if it came, might have been the result and the product of animosities within the Gentile community rather than any great affection for the Jews. The text of the Book of Esther goes on to tell us that as the king was trying to decide what to do for Mordechai, Haman appeared in the courtyard. The king had him enter and then asked him what should be done to the one whom the king desires to honor. 
Haman, vainly thinking that the king was referring to him, uh, said that the person should be clothed in royal clothing, clothing that the king himself had worn. He should be put on a horse and led about the city, of course, thinking that this was going to be done for him. Instead, Ahasuerus turns to him and says, do exactly that for Mordechai. And so Haman does. He puts Mordechai up on a horse. He leads him throughout the city of Shushan. And when that humiliating experience was over, he headed home. But the text of the Megillah puts it oddly. It says, And Haman hastened to his home in mourning and with covered head. Now, the two of those expressions, in mourning and with covered head, are very odd. Uh, Sure, uh, Haman was humiliated, but why describe him as being in mourning? And why describe him as having his head covered? In order to address these curiosities in the text, uh, a tale is woven. We're told that as Haman was leading Mordechai through the city, he came to the street where his own house stood. And his own daughter, Haman's daughter, was standing on the roof and saw what was happening below. She thought that the one riding on the horse must be her father, and the one walking before him, proclaiming, this is what is done for the man whom the the king desires to honor, must be Mordechai. And so she took a chamber pot, a chamber pot full of waste, and she threw it down onto the head of the person leading the horse along the street, whom she, of course, thought was Mordechai. When that person looked up, Haman's daughter saw in horror that it was her father. It was her father on whom she had thrown the contents of that chamber pot. In her distress, she fell from the roof to the ground and met her end. This dramatic little vignette explains the text in the Megillah that follows. Now we understand the meaning of the words, Haman returned to his house in mourning. For we see that he was in mourning over the death of his daughter. And it also explains why Haman's head was covered, namely because of the filth that had been thrown over it. Now, did Rava and the other rabbis who offered Midrashic explanations believe that what they were describing in their stories really happened? It's hard to say, because sometimes the rabbis seem to take the text of a Midrash at face value, but at other times, rabbis suggest mutually inconsistent Midrashic solutions to textual puzzles. And so in such cases, it certainly doesn't seem to be the case. Here, at the very least, we can say that the rabbis have bequeathed to us an indelible image of a truly bereft and utterly humiliated Haman returning home and then, after hearing from his wife a prediction that he will not prevail over Mordechai because Mordechai is a Jew, being hurried off, still filthy, to the king's chambers where, we know, he will meet his doom. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.